Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Mindfully Rich Podcast, your weekly look at life and finances with a twist where we talk about improving your overall relationship with money and building better financial habits. On each episode, I'll discuss real-life situations and give y'all practical advice. The point of this podcast is to help you stay in your financial lane so you won't end up broke. I'm the creator and host, Gina Richie Richardson. Now, let's jump into today's conversation. What's up, y'all? We back and we black for Black History Month. And y'all, let me tell you what, it has been a great weekend and I was able to get just a little bit of rest on Sunday. So I was super excited about that. How many of y'all know it is hard? I don't know what it is about getting rest now in my adult life, especially being busy, that I just don't get enough of it. But Sunday, I was able to get some. And so let me tell you what, it has been such a fulfilling weekend that I just had to tell y'all about it. And so something about me, most of y'all that have been a part of the Rich Gang for the longest, y'all know that I'm a speaker. So I love when I'm in my zone, when I'm speaking, when I'm motivating, when I'm inspiring, encouraging, all of those things, right? When I'm doing that, my heart be full, like my heart be about to just explode. That's just how like full I feel, right? And I got a chance to do that at UC Davis this weekend and UC San Diego. So I was in San Diego and chow is so beautiful, but it was a little nippy out there. I wasn't expecting the weather, but it was so beautiful. And I got a chance to see my girl Lisa out there. And I was just like, oh my God, I just love when I'm in these spaces, when I get a chance to speak, when I'm facilitating, when I'm educating, when I'm doing all of those things, which led me to say, I'm gonna have to do a series on doing the things that you love just because when I'm in that mode, like I just wish I can bottle that energy because it just feels so good. So I wanted to just start the podcast off just letting you know about how that went. I haven't posted any of the recaps yet. I need to go ahead and get those on LinkedIn and also get those on my IG page. But I just had to let y'all know how I was feeling. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and get to the reason why y'all are here. And so y'all know it is Black History Month. And I have a new series called Building Black Wealth and Financial Health in the Black Community. So we're going to go ahead and get to the reason why y'all are here. So for those of y'all that are new, normally I would take a song title and use that as our topic point. But because... This series this month, y'all, super serious. I couldn't find any titles that would go with it. We just gonna go ahead and go with the topic. And so today we're gonna be reimagining the systems that maintain racial wealth gaps and also some systematic changes that could be used to close the racial wealth gap. The first possible solution I'm going to talk about is reparations. And I know for years and years on reparations has been talked about. I know currently right now it's on the table in California and they're trying to figure out how they can award reparations out to us. And for those of y'all who don't know what reparations is, the official definition is the making of amends for a wrong one has done by paying money to or otherwise helping those who have been wronged. I mean, that sounds like the descendants of American slaves to me. So it feels like it fits, right? It does fit. And I want to read this quote to you so that you can understand just how large the wealth gap is between black and white Americans. The 400 richest American billionaires have more total wealth than 10 million black American households combined. Okay. It's going to take a lot 
for us to close this gap. And when we're talking about solutions, the reason why I'm saying reparations is because we were owed land anyway. Land is one of the possible ways. Land and owning real estate, owning property is a way, is an investable way to make money, to earn money for your future. And back in the day, our ancestors were promised land. Back in 1865, after the proclamation emancipation on January 16, 1865, General William Sherman concluded that each black family should receive 40 acres. That's where that 40 acres and a mule comes from. Sherman signed a field order 15 and allocated 400,000 acres of confiscated confederal, confederate land, and it was to go to black families. But you want to know what ended up happening? President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, and after that, President Andrew Johnson reversed the field order 15 and returned the land back to former slave owners. So not only do you make my people slaves, not only did you not pay them, not only did you have them building this country for free, but then you take the land that was promised to them, right? Now, we all know land appreciates. Land is an investable asset. Land makes money over time. So when you take this, you are taking wealth out of the hands of my black people. So with all that said, run us our money. We ready to start collecting our reparations checks so we can start closing this racial wealth gap. Let's go. Okay. So the second possible solution to closing the racial wealth gap is to deal with the income inequity by starting with the wage gap. Did y'all know that black men earn 76 cents for every dollar earned by white men? And it's an even bigger gap when it comes to black women where we earn 57 cents for every dollar a white man makes. Um, I don't know about y'all, but run me my money. Okay. If we doing the same job, we got the same competencies. Why are you paying more than me? That don't make sense. So what do we do about the income inequity, right? Some possible solutions are for companies to start conducting a pay equity analysis so that that way they can see, all right, where are we at? Are we paying Bob more than Denzel? Are we paying Bob more than Gina? Okay. Y'all thought I was going to use like one of them ghetto black names or something. Nah. Okay. <laughs> using my name in this situation. Okay. You can start conducting those equity analysis just to see how your company measures up. You want to know something else that you can start doing, making sure that pay is transparent. That way people can know where the pay starts for a role, where it starts, what the middle is, what the high is. You know, I'm so glad that California, they passed a law that now I believe it was January 1st. They now have to show what the pay scale is for a job. I get so tired of that. Like you can do research, but it's like, how much you paying for the job? I mean, just let me know, like, just put it on there. And so you're probably, for those of you who are in California, I know Colorado been doing this for a minute, but for those of y'all applying for jobs in California, you'll now see what the minimum rate and salary is for a job along with the most that they'll pay for a job. That wasn't something that they were doing before. Like I said, Colorado been doing it for a minute, but that helps you in so many ways. So that way, you know, all right, it starts here. Now you're going to still have to do your research and get your negotiation on and making sure that show your skills and experience and all of the things they add up. But at least, you know, you have some transparency. So you're not coming into the job and say the job pay 
$90,000 is the minimum, whereas you would have rated yourself down at 70 and they would have allowed you to come in at 70 because they could now save that $20,000 and pay it to Bob, okay? Something like that, but you get what I'm saying. And pay transparency helps just because we need to make money. That's the first step in building wealth. You have to make money and you have to make a good income. And so in order for you to be able to get a good income, there has to be some systematic changes with the actual wage gap. So we got to close that wage gap as a whole and transparency in the salaries along with companies conducting equity analysis for their company, their employees, that will help. All right. So moving on to the next systematic change that could be a solution in closing the racial wealth gap, we got to put an end to racial hiring discrimination. And so I had to do some research to see if in the year of our Lord, 2023, this is still a thing. And unfortunately it is. And so I read something about some researchers that sent out over 80,000 fake job applications for entry level openings to fortune 500 companies. And what they found was on average, the applications that had distinctively black sounding names, they were about 10% less likely to get a call back than the comparable applications with distinctively white names. So I'm going to pause right there. So for everybody that's not black listening, this is the reason why black people have to consider the names that we're naming our children because we have to worry about, are our kids going to get a job just because their name sounds too black? All right. My baby girl, her name, you won't be able to tell what race she is. Now, my son, his name sound black, but I'm a praying mother. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be praying that he get the jobs that he need to get throughout his life, okay? So we're going to pray that all of that is going to work out for his good, all right? But just from this study, we see that this is still a real thing. And when you take the numbers, 80,000 fake job applications and the applications that had distinctively black sounding names that were 10% less likely to get a call back, that's over 8,000 applications, Okay, that's a lot. Now, I know this was only a research study, but this is happening all over the world. All right. So because we know that this is happening, we also know that if we were able to stop all of the racial hiring discrimination, we will be able to stop the income inequity that black people are facing versus white Americans and how they're able to just apply for jobs and get the jobs versus us having to worry about if our name sounds too black for us to get a job, forget even a good job, for us to even get a job. That shouldn't even be a concern. And so when we're talking about closing the racial wealth gap, we're going to have to stop with all this racial hiring discrimination. And a possible solution to stop is to reevaluate the DEIB hiring strategy. These companies, these businesses, are y'all really about that life? Do y'all really want diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, or are y'all just all talk? Okay, 
looking into what the mission is going to be and making sure that this strategy is measurable, making sure that you are diversifying the candidate pool so that you can bring diversity into the workplace. That's what's going to have to happen. So that way we're able to ensure that you're hiring the people who need to be hired for the roles, regardless of what their name is, regardless of what their race is. Those things need to be handled. All right. You're also going to need some implicit bias training. Okay. I don't know what's going on where these people are still living in the stone age, where they're still thinking that they're superior races and that blacks are inferior. Okay. We're going to have to go ahead and get past that. All right. We're doing big things in this world. Okay. Check our resume. Tons of black people in this world who are trailblazers, who are making a difference. I am one of them. Okay. <laughs> Not going to mark myself short on this. All right. So we just need to just go ahead and stop that as a whole. All right, y'all. So the last possible solution I believe can help in closing the racial wealth gap is if these companies would stop devaluing black Americans homes. I don't know how many stories I've seen over the last year where I'm seeing black couples who own homes, which is such an accomplishment, especially with all of the challenges and barriers that have kept black people out of homes, not to mention redlining, all of the different things that have happened, the racial discriminations. And then you have it in the appraisal process where you have the devaluation of black Americans homes. And so so many stories, but I'm going to give y'all two. I read one story where there was a black couple, they were in Maryland, and the original appraisal for their home came back at 472000 but they knew that that was too low. So what they did was had a white friend pose as the owner. They had another appraisal done, and then the house came back worth $750,000, okay? That's over $200,000 difference. And that makes a difference. Okay. When we're talking about equity in a home, then you had another case where the couple was out here in San Francisco, their original appraisal came back for 995,000. They knew that that was too low. They knew that something was off with that. San Francisco is expensive. And they also had put a lot of money into upgrading their house. So what they did was have one of their white friends pose as the owner and then when they had another appraisal done, the value came back at $1.5 million. That's over $500,000 difference, okay? Now, some of y'all may be listening to this and saying, oh my God, okay, why does this matter? We're talking about building wealth. So you are devaluing Black Americans' home that they've worked so hard to build, to maintain, and then you're not giving them the equity in their house. Remember, we talked about when we're building wealth, owning real estate and land is a wealth builder just because you're investing in this property, you're investing in this land that is going to appreciate. And as it appreciates, you continue to build more money just because as it's appreciate, the value is going up. And so when you have these appraisals that are being done and they're devaluing what these properties are worth, you're devaluing their wealth. And we can't have that $200,000, $500,000. That's a lot of money. And we need all of our coins. Okay. So don't be taking nothing off the top. All right. I just don't understand just because of the color of our skin. You still have people who want to make black people inferior. Don't devalue us just because of what we look like. I'm sure that if white 
couples, they had to call their black friend over there to the house just so that they can get a decent value on their property. They would be pissed off. All right. And so we talk about this so that we can make changes so that we can be the change makers and so that we can close this racial equity gap. All right. This racial wealth gap is what I meant to say. y'all. <laughs> As a whole. OK. Giving us our equity. OK. So equity still does fit in the sentence. All right. And so a solution is. I think implicit bias training just need to be done across the board. The appraisal companies, real estate agents, like everybody. I just feel like everybody needs to have it just in case, just to make sure that there aren't any biases out there, just to ensure that everybody understands that this is wrong. Racism is wrong. That's number one. OK, they also need to sit down and look at these case studies as we've been seeing them in the news. They need to see that and they also need to see. If you were to be in these people's shoes, how that would feel. And I, I truly do believe the way to build understanding and empathy is you really have to talk about what's happened. You have to talk about the past. You have to talk about these experiences to a point where people can understand it. And if they don't understand it, then you got to get them out them jobs. OK, because they holding us back as a people. You know, it's crazy because the more I think about the devaluation of homes that are owned by black Americans, it makes me think back to Black Wall Street. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you listen to that one next, just because when they burned down the Greenwood District, you know, known as Black Wall Street, they paid them pennies for that land and they wanted that land. They knew that that land was worth money. And it's like they devalued their land because they wanted it. And it's like when I look at the devaluation of the homes now for black Americans, it's almost like the same thing. It's like you want to tell them that their home isn't worth anything. Don't give them no money for it. But it's like somebody would come and want to buy them out of that home just because they know what the, what the real worth is. And, you know. I ain't going to think about it no more because all it's going to do is start pissing me off. We need to do something. And so I talked about a bunch of different systematic changes that could be done to close the racial wealth gap. I also gave some solutions in between y'all. It has been a lot. This episode was heavy for me. I'm not even going to lie to you. It probably took me about six times to get this episode recorded just because every time I talk about this, I get super mad. I start talking too fast and it's just a lot. So this was the best one out of six. Okay. <laughs> but that's it, y'all. That's all I got. I ain't got no more. And so I hope that y'all are enjoying the series so far. I got two more episodes in the series. I'm doing good so far, whether y'all knew it or not. I am. <laughs> So make sure that you come back. Also, remember, y'all is marketing. Share, share, share. Send this thing far and wide. Okay, y'all been listening and the numbers was very, very good last week. Mama likes. Okay, mama likes. So continue to do whatever it is that y'all doing. And remember that I want y'all to live life mindfully, intentionally, and on purpose. And when I'm talking about on purpose, this series that I'm doing is on purpose. I hope that it's making a difference. I hope that it's educating y'all. I want to make sure that I am doing my duty as a black woman and as a financial educator to make sure that I am educating y'all in this space because I truly want to be the change that I want to see. I love this work. I love talking about this. Y'all know this is, this is what I love. So much gratitude to y'all. 
Thank y'all so much for listening. And until next time, when I hit y'all with another one.